Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back to Talking Lamar. On this episode, we're going to talk about another one of my favorite action stars, Arnold Schwarzenegger. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. What are you talking about? I am talking to you. That's just what I was talking about. It's Talking Lamar. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's been around for a long time. He was born July the 30th, 1947. And he was the second son of Gustav Schwarzenegger and his wife, Aurelia. Arnold had this really tough childhood. He had a terrible relationship with his father. He was, his father was an Austrian police chief who supported Germany in World War II. And he was very abusive to Arnold. He always thought that Arnold was not his biological son. I don't know where this came from, but he thought that. And because of that, he showed all the favoritism to Arnold's brother, Meinhardt. And Arnold had been active in sports, and he'd begun to lift weights, and he saw this movie, Hercules, with this guy. His name was Reg Park, and he was a bodybuilder that was very famous. He was on the cover of the bodybuilding magazines. So Arnold dreamed of being this famous actor, moving to the United States, and his plan was to make that happen through becoming a championship bodybuilder. Now, his parents, and I Back then, who would have thought about it? They didn't understand bodybuilding. His dad told him one day, he goes, look, if you want to do something with muscles, chop some wood. I mean, do something, you know, besides going to a gym. And his mother couldn't understand why instead of pictures of pretty girls on his wall, he had oily men in bathing suits. It was just it was a <laughs> real concern for her. But like all Australian, Australian, Austrian men, uh, Schwarzenegger was required to go one year in the military uh, when he turned 18. Everybody had to do it. Unfortunately, that year of service started to, started to interfere with his bodybuilding career, and he was just beginning to get going. And so he had a competition on a weekend, and he couldn't get a pass, so he went AWOL to compete in the competition. And he got thrown in military jail for a week or so. And he met this guy, Charles Bennett. He had been a judge at Schwarzenegger's first Mr. Universe competition. And Arnold didn't win, but Bennett saw some potential in him, and he offered to be his coach. And Schwarzenegger's family had always been poor, so he just really didn't have any money to pay for room and board while he trained. So Bennett moved Arnold into his home in London to live with the family while they prepared for Arnold's second Mr. Universe competition. He was 19 at the time. And when Arnold left Austria to go into America, he never looked back. He stayed close to his mother. But he didn't even he didn't attend his father's funeral or his brother Mainhart. Both of those passed away. But despite their relationships, uh, Schwarzenegger didn't turn his back on his brother's family. When Meinhard died, he 
He paid for the brother's uh, three-year-old son Patrick's entire education, later provided support for him, and he immigrated him to America. So he took care of his nephew. Arnold says he didn't regret his childhood for however hard it was because what he hated as a kid drove him to what he had to do to get out and go live his dreams. And he moved to America when he was 21 years old. He barely spoke any English. He had no money, but he started training at Gold's Gym in Venice, California, uh, getting ready for the Mr. Olympia competition. And in addition to getting all swole up for the competition, Schwarzenegger began to learn English. And he was the youngest winner of the Mr. Universe competition at 20 years old. He was the youngest winner of the Mr. Olympia competition at 23. And he went on to win that title six more times. But now, before his bodybuilding success, he had to, he had to pay the bills. He had a successful bricklaying business in California. And his partner was Franco Colombo. If anybody knows anything about the bodybuilding world, Franco Colombo was a, was a big deal. And actually, Arnold actually defeated him in the Mr. Olympia competition, but they became partners. And sooner, rather sooner than later, he finally got the letter from Joe Weider. And if you don't know the name Joe Weider, then you don't pay any attention to bodybuilding. Joe Weider is, he put it on the map. I mean, he was the guy that put it on the map. So he got the letter from Joe Weider, and he knew he was on his way. Weider put him under his wing. He taught Arnold the business side of bodybuilding, and uh, he got him set up for all the success that was going to come to him in the future. We are so excited about Bob and Sherry Premium. Well-marbled, juicy, and always fresh with loads of behind-the-scenes photos and videos, exclusive content including our classic chat room calls and our best-of CDs. And best of all, it's just $4.99 a month. BobandSherry.com slash premium. Joe Weider put him on the cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine constantly. I mean, he really put him out there. He made Arnold Schwarzenegger the first name in bodybuilding. And although he wasn't a household name, people began to know who he was. And Schwarzenegger had everything going against him when he started the acting career. He was told that his body was too muscular, his accent was too heavy, and his name was too confusing. And he could just never become a success. They ain't no quitting this old boy. His first film was the less than legendary B-movie Hercules in New York. He made that in 1969. Now, in this masterpiece, Hercules becomes bored with his life on Mount Olympus, travels to New York City to engage in delightful hijinks, which include fighting a bear in Central Park and chasing a car full of mobsters while he's on an actual chariot. Uh, he, he was so bad at English, and his accent was so strong that they credited him as Arnold Strong, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they dubbed his voice in with somebody else's. So when you watch this, it's not him talking because nobody could understand what he was saying. And, you know, this could have been a negative, but he didn't focus on the negative. What he looked at was the fact that when he was a kid, he had dreamed of being the bodybuilder, starring in a movie as Hercules, just like his childhood hero, Reg Park. And now he's doing exactly what he had dreamed of. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. One of his biggest rules that he continues to live by is if you want your dream to come true, you can't just dream it. You got to visualize it. You got to look at it and you got to look at it coming true and you got to figure out what you got to do to get there. And 
So Arnold dropped the whole other, you know, the, the, the pseudonym of Arnold Strong, and he insisted upon using his real name, which turned out to be the right choice. Because not only did audiences have no trouble pronouncing Schwarzenegger, it became synonymous with badass action and is one of the most recognized names <laughs> in the entire world. I mean, he knew what he was doing. Now, his first big success was a documentary, Pumping Iron. And that documented the training of several bodybuilders for the 1975 uh, Mr. Olympia competition. And the documentary is really notable for giving an inside look at, at the world of competitive bodybuilding. And it also featured Lou Ferrigno, who went on to become the uh, Incredible Hulk. Now, like, like, like all the other actors that are all starving, uh, Schwarzenegger spent his early career making guest appearances on television any time he could in the 70s. Uh, he did guest spots on the streets of San Francisco. He did the San uh, Pedro Beach Bums. He had a cameo as a masseuse in a Lucille Ball uh, movie. Uh, he landed a starring role in the 1980 movie, The Jane Mansfield Story, in which he played Mansfield's husband, Mickey Hardigay. Hardigay, the father of Law & Order's uh, SUV star uh, Mariska, Mariska Hardigay, yeah. yeah, he was a bodybuilder turned actor, and he was a former Mr. Universe champion. So this whole bodybuilding thing, I mean, there's a lot of people using this to, to springboard a lot of different stuff. Um, but now when I say starving actor, he really wasn't a starving actor. While within five years of him landing on American soul, uh, soil, he was worth a million dollars. Because of his brick business and because of all of his, uh, you know, his weightlifting stuff. I mean, this guy's a worker. This guy is a worker and he's a smart businessman. And he bought a bunch of real estate in California. He would take all the money he made and he would buy real estate. And to this day, he's one of the large, not the largest, but one of the largest landowners in California because he's, he's big into that. So. Oh, he did work his way up. He's trying to get somewhere. So he, he had an interview with a film producer, Dilo De Laurentiis. And when he goes in to see De Laurentiis, when uh, he steps out from behind his desk, Arnold asks him, why does a man as small as you need such a big desk? <laughs> why would you do that in an interview? <laughs> but that really ticked off De Laurentiis. And he said, I cannot use you. You have an accent and I can barely understand you. And Arnold said, well, that's funny. You have an accent too. He threw him out of the office. Arnold's agent was really ticked off because he said, he said, that is a record. One minute and 40 seconds. It's the shorting meeting I've ever <laughs> set up. It was ridiculous, ridiculous. But audiences in the 1980s, they had this appetite for action movies. And after a decade and a half of bodybuilding and getting his acting stuff together, Arnold was ready. His breakthrough film was Conan the Barbarian. It was in 1982. And I don't know if anybody, I, I, I love that movie because I, I used to read the uh, Conan comics, but he did such a great job in his limited acting ability. He still did a great job because he's swinging a sword and cutting people's heads off and fighting. It was, it was great. And it turns out the producer of the movie when he showed up was Dino De Laurentiis. He did not want to give him the part. Uh, the director had to threaten to quit if he fired Schwarzenegger. So they went ahead and made the film. He did really well. He made a sequel that didn't do eh, not quite so good in 1984, but that is still a good year for him because that was the year he made his most iconic film, The Terminator. That made him a superstar. Now, it seems hard to believe now, but Schwarzenegger wasn't James Cameron's first choice to play The Terminator. Cameron originally wanted somebody 
who looked very normal and average and could just disappear into the crowd. The studio itself initially wanted Arnold to play the hero, uh, Kyle Reese, but Cameron didn't want to cast him because it just didn't seem right. He felt that Schwarzenegger was so big that he would dwarf any actor that they got to play the Terminator. They were going to cast O.J. Simpson to play the Terminator. But after much discussion, they decided that no one would actually buy O.J. as a killing machine. Huh, who knew? <laughs> the irony. <laughs> right? I mean, the irony. But Cameron changed his mind after meeting Arnold, and he realized, oh, my gosh, this would be the most unstoppable killer robot you could ever have. And so, and he wrote the line, I'll be back. Now, Arnold did not want to say it that way. He didn't want to say, I'll be back. He wanted to say, I will be back. And Cameron said, are you the bleeping writer? And Arnold said, no. And he goes, well, when you are, you can make that decision. He went ahead and said it the way he told him to. And that's one of the most well-known and repeated movie lines of all time. Um, and he was huge in the 80s and the 90s. He was cranking out action hits like Predator, Commando, The Running Man, Total Recall, Racer. All told, his films have grossed over $4 billion worldwide. That's a lot of movie tickets. Okay? Wow. Yeah. Now, the, the biggest moneymaker of all times for him was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. It was a sequel to the first film. Uh, Terminator 2, on its own, netted a half a billion dollars at the box office. And that's in 1991 when a half a billion dollars was really a lot of money. Yeah. And it's, it's still considered to be one of the best action movies ever made. And he, since then, he has made T8, he, he's been the T-800 in five different films. Terminator, Terminator 2, uh, Judgment Day, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Genesis, Terminator Dark Fate. He even showed up as a Terminator in a Guns N' Roses video uh, to the to the tune of You Could Be Mine. Uh, that's on the soundtrack, on the soundtrack. So he, he's done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But here's something that I did not know for sure and I never heard of. When you're as famous as Arnold Schwarzenegger, people will retire your address number of your birth house. You know how the Chicago Bulls retired Michael Jordan's jersey? This yeah, is the same thing. Yeah. In Austria, they retired his address. Um, on his 60th birthday, the mayor of the town he was born in in Austria um, sent Arnold the address plaque of his childhood home for his 60th birthday with a message. This belongs to you. No one will ever be assigned that number again. It was a house that he was born in. I, have you ever heard of this? that? I was just going to say, I've never heard of it. Never have heard of you it. ever heard of this happening anywhere else? Is this just an Austrian nope. thing? Maybe I think this must be, because I've never, ever, ever heard of that. I, this, this is crazy. I, I don't know. I mean, but they did it. Now, as we all know, he became the governor of California from 2003 till 2011. And while he was running, five days before the election, the Los Angeles Times, they ran an investigative story where six women had came forward to accuse Schwarzenegger of groping them and humiliating them. Now, Schwarzenegger called the story untrue, and he attacked the media for tearing him down and he sort of admitted vaguely that maybe he had behaved badly sometimes, but then he backstepped from that. And he said, the reports are all made up. I've never grabbed anyone. 
Well, a total of 15 women ultimately came forward to accuse him of groping them over three decades. Now, in the documentary that Arnold has got out on Netflix, he finally offers somewhat of an apology. He says, quote, my reaction in the beginning, I was kind of defensive. Today, I can look at it and kind of say it doesn't really matter what time it is. If it's the Muscle Beach days of 40 years ago or today, this was wrong. It was bullshit. Forget all the excuses. It was wrong. Now, he could have followed that by saying, and I apologize. But I don't really see that, but at least he admits to it. But you know what? The story didn't bother a thing. He still got elected with no problem. And over the years, he has become one of the most successful self-made millionaires ever. Beginning with his successful bricklaying business, he managed to parlay that into a mail-order business, selling exercise equipment and instructional videos. Then he became the champion bodybuilder. And then he wrangled that into a career in Hollywood. And he has been one of the most highest-paid actors in the world for years and years. And they're saying he's worth between 400 and 800 million right now. I'm sorry. And I need, I need uh, hang on. I'll be back. I need to process that for a second. <laughs> 400 and 800 million. Now I, I must say that, you know, look, nobody's perfect. And the guy has made some colossally stupid mistakes, but if ever an entertainer has earned that, can we all agree that he appears to be the guy that has earned that? I mean, look yeah, at how much, I mean, look at how much entertainment pleasure he has been giving to people for decades. <laughs> I mean, every, yes, but for over. Here, here's a cool thing about him and Stallone. You know, they're friends now. They're friends. In fact, Stallone is in his uh, documentary. Um, but they each had to have some competition. Okay. Uh, in the 80s, it was very interesting because who who could be the definitive action guy? And Stallone wanted to be it. He wanted to be it. And, you know, they changed action movies because up to that time, it was like a car chasing bullet or the French connection or it's all about an in intellect and a lot of innuendo and verbal this and verbal that. But they're not doing that. They're just not doing that. I mean, they're blowing stuff up. Um, Schwarzenegger, he admitted that, you know, he was a pioneer of the fist pumping genre. Um, dialogue. This see if you can't speak English really well, you get rid of dialogue. Okay, <laughs> rip somebody's yeah, arm okay. off and beat them to death with it. You don't have to say a word. I mean, that's that's the whole deal there. And, and honestly, Sylvester Stallone ain't much different. He doesn't do a whole lot of talking. And because Stallone, Stallone said you actually relied upon your body to tell the story. Um, and he said, I will give this. He said, I think that Arnold is probably the higher caliber artist between he and I. Uh, Arnold said, That's you know, interesting. I, yeah. He, that he is admitted. an interesting observation. Yeah. He did. He did. I, and I thought that was, and maybe he's just trying to be humble. I don't know. There was um, a great moment in the movie Twins that uh, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger did with Danny DeVito. And, of course, he's coming into civilization, and he passes a video store. There's a cutout of Sylvester Stallone <laughs> with his muscles. And he looks at Sylvester Stallone's cutout. He looks down at his own, and he goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, Stallone, he, he talked about the whole action thing. He said, I saw that there was an opportunity because no one else was doing this except some other guy from Austria who didn't seem to, he didn't say anything. So Stallone said, you know, he was, he was superior. He, he had all the answers. He had the body. He had the strength. That was his character. And Schwarzenegger said, I always need an enemy. Uh, every time he came out with a movie like Rambo 2, I had to figure out a way to outdo that. So he did Commando. <laughs> and, and, and Commando's the one where he actually famously jerked the guy's arm off and beat him to death with his own arm. And Stallone describes a rivalry as Ali versus Frazier. And he conceded that he was the underdog. He said, I got my ass kicked constantly, whereas Schwarzenegger typically emerged from his cinematic exploits with barely a scratch. And he said, we were so antagonistic. We couldn't even stand to be in the same room. People had to separate us. And he said, we were competing about everything. And he said, you know, Who's more vicious? Whose body's the best? Who's tougher? Who has bigger knives? Who uses bigger guns? Um, we were at war. And Schwarzenegger says that without Stallone, I maybe wouldn't have been as motivated during the 80s to do the kind of movies I did and work as hard as I did. But they came together to join Bruce Willis in partnership for Planet Hollywood in 1991. And after doing a cameo on Expendables 1 and 2, Schwarzenegger made the movie Escape Plan with Stallone. And I've seen the movie. It's okay. Stallone donated 15000 to Arnie's campaign for governor. So, you know, they must have got they must have got together okay with it. Um, Schwarzenegger's just finished Expendables Hang up, hang up, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what Schwarzenegger said. If it wasn't for Stallone, I might not have been as successful. And, you know, that's the principle of competition makes us all better. Like, yes, you think exactly. you want a monopoly, right? You think you want to be the only game in town. But the truth is, is that... That rising tide, that competition is better for, it's better for Schwarzenegger. It's better for Stallone. It was so good for audiences. Everybody yeah. won on that yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he had such a successful marriage with Maria Shriver uh, uh, until the little bump up with the, uh, the housekeeper, which was, hmm, We've talked about okay. this. 25 years of okay. marriage, and, and she meets the housekeeper's son, and he looks 100% exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Exactly. Uh, uh, Max, throw Lamar a snossage for referring to Schwarzenegger having a baby with the housekeeper as a little bump up in his marriage <laughs> to Maria Shriver. <laughs> she... <laughs> A baby, a baby bump, baby up. bump up. <laughs> a little, what an see, idiot. a little, a little bump up in my marriage is when um, I forgot to tell my husband that we're having people over, not when I have a baby, you know, with the refrigerator repairman. Like that's that's more than a little bump up. You know, you know the, the bad thing, and and they talked to him about this. They asked him about it in his uh, documentary, and he said, "Look, he said I don't want to talk about that." not because of my embarrassment, because I did a terrible thing. And he said, people will always see that as one of my largest failures. He said, but when I talk about it, it makes Maria feel bad. It makes, uh, what's the housekeeper's name? I can't think of her name. It makes her feel bad. It makes my I know son the son's bad. Joseph. And then what about yeah. his other kids with Maria? They can't love it either. Well, no, but you know, I, I, when I was doing this article, I found a lot of pictures of the whole family together, including Joseph. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I think Maria has probably, everybody's trying to make that, because it's not Joseph's fault. 
Joseph didn't do anything. No, no, wrong, I meant so, I meant yeah. a lot of public discussion of it. It's painful for yeah. their mother, which oh, is yeah, hard for, on for the them. Kids. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's terrible. So he said, Look, I just I'm telling you, it was wrong. I did it. He said, I will say that my son Joseph came out of it and I love him. And, you know, and he's, you know, everything seems to be working out. So, you know, hey, I, I don't, I, glass house, throw stones. I ain't got nothing to say about the man. Uh, but, you know, he's just finished Expendables 4, which I hope is the last one. I mean, I really do because this, I, I love him. I love uh, him and I love the movies, but this one you- was. You reviewed it in your yeah. um, side gig as the People's Movie Critic, and oh, you yeah. were—I know you were disappointed big time. It, it killed it killed me to review it, but it was really wasn't. But he's—I looked ahead to see what he's got coming up. He's got uh, one movie called Pump, which I assume has something to do with bodybuilding. He's got The Legend of Conan, which I know he's coming back to do that. I'm very excited about that. Outrider, which is a western where he's tracking down criminals, and he's got another one called Breakout, where Arnold plays a guy named Terry Reynolds whose stepson is wrongfully put into a foreign prison for 25 years, and it's up to him to get him out. Uh, And he's got one more, and it's called Kung Fury 2. And I have no idea what it's about. It's The original was a 30-minute low-budget short, so I have no idea. But those projects, those five projects are what he's working on for the next year or so. And um, listen, he's brought me many, many, many hours of, of entertainment. Oh, and amen. when I had the video store, he I rented a ton, a ton, ton of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. He's he's great. He's great. He's not without his flaws, just like anybody else. But he's a smart guy. He's a hardworking guy. And he's a successful guy. You can't take that I'm, away from it. I'm always in awe when you sit and really think about Arnold Schwarzenegger's life. Um it is the most unlikely imaginable mm. story. So he comes to this country as a competitive bodybuilder. He has a difficult name, an impenetrable accent, but somehow he not only becomes a giant movie star, he marries into the Kennedy dynasty, and then he's the governor of the largest state in the country. Yes. And now he's terms. back to for two now he's back yeah. to making movies. Like if you if if you wrote that as fiction, it would not be believable. It's just well, the you know, most the, amazing story. The guy the guy that played Hercules in that original movie, Reg Park, that he saw and wanted to pattern his life after, as he got into the bodybuilding, he went and lived with Reg Park for a period of time to train. Um, so he's living with the guy that he was looking at on the cover of, I mean, it's, there's just yeah. so much that he can just so many touchstones to things that just, and he is determined and I, I don't think you're going to be able to stop him. One but of I the think, things that, well, one of the things that I've always admired about Schwarzenegger is he is, he is not content to just have the dream. He's not content to just do the work and hope for the best. He freaking manifests it he yes. doesn't wait he for makes the lucky it break yeah he no. makes the lucky break it's crazy he makes everything happen yeah you can say luck all you want to he's made every bit of this happen with his Good determination yep. yep yep that's exactly right well i believe that's going to do it for this episode of talking lamar i really hope that everybody's learned a little more about arnold schwarzenegger if you did tell everybody where you heard it and i thank you so much for listening Till next time see ya Thank you so much for listening to Talkin' Lamar, the Oddcast, and the Bob and Sherry Podcast. We would really love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. 
and thank you again for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.